0: Welcome to Hope for the Home. Here at Faith Baptist Church, we take the home very seriously. We believe that God's Word will give us just what we need to heal, to build, to encourage, and to strengthen our families. On this new podcast, you'll hear various speakers bring their personal lives and the Word of God together and apply these truths to dating, marriage, training of our children, even growing old together. I'm sure you'll enjoy these messages based on the Word of God. There will be new messages every week, and it's our prayer that these messages will bring you hope for the home. I'm going to start tonight just a little short series of lessons. I've covered authority as much as I think I should. I'm going to start a little series of lessons on the little book called The Song of Solomon. Let me, before you open your Bibles to it, let me say this. It's a very tender book. Nobody should ever snicker. Or we're, not, we're not reading every verse in it. Anything that might be, should be read privately. We're not reading every verse in it. But uh, I, I do, basically, I'm going to be teaching on how husbands and wives all treat each other. The Song of Solomon is about two married people. And... Uh, they're talking uh, kind of language that married people can talk to each other. I uh, uh, I don't know how long I'll be on it, but I, 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 it'll be basically a lesson on marriage, but not just marriage as, it, as uh, in general, but how husbands should treat their wives and how wives should treat their husbands. Everything we say will be in the Song of Solomon. I'll not be giving you anything. It's just my opinion unless I want to, but uh, so open your Bibles, please, to the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, I'll read the first few verses, and once I've read it, if you'll read your Bibles open there, we'll come back to it after a while, Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the savor of thy good ornaments, thy name is an ornament poured forth, as, as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. Call me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. I am black. Look, comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. And verse 6, you find out what made her black. Look not upon me, because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. In other words, she was, was blackened to the sun. Uh, my mother's children were angry at me. They made me keeper of the vineyards. But mine own vineyard have I not kept. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest. Whether I make us thy flock to rest at noon, or why should I be as one that runs aside with the flocks of thy companions? Father, we come to the, this little study. I pray that husbands and wives shall learn how to treat each other. Not according to what Brother Bible says, but by this model book of marriage, a marriage report,ment uh, marriage manner, marriage courtesy. Help us as we look at it, just for a few thanks. In Jesus' name, Amen. I picked up a little book some time ago, and just a little bit of thing, and it had in it some things about how the husband and wife are supposed to treat each other, and it covered a little bit of the Song of Solomon. So I decided to go into the Song of Solomon and read it all, study it all. And I was amazed at how many things we can learn concerning the proper treatment of our wives by husbands and of our husbands by wives. I I hope you'll listen carefully. I believe any couple will abide by the things that I'm going to teach in these few weeks We'll have a happy marriage. I mean that. Um, we don't treat each other like we ought to treat each other. And I want to share with you. And this is, these these are things, everything that I'm going to teach, it will be show, shown to you from the treatment between the husband and the wife in the Song of Solomon. Tonight will be a little bit of a, an introduction to it and then just a tad, a touch of treatment. Father, bless our study. In a special way tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Song of Solomon, in my opinion, is misnamed. Now wait a minute, don't don't think don't uh, don't don't accuse me of, of changing the Bible. The titles of the books in the Bible are, are are not inspired. The books themselves are inspired. For example, the Song of Solomon is called uh, many of the canticles. And all that means, the word canticle means a song, usually a scriptural song, like uh, a song I wrote in all that way. acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. I wrote the tune, had some help on the words. Nobody's home tonight. But uh, I, uh, most of you don't recognize that as Bible anyway, but uh that would be called a canticle uh in some areas. Uh, uh, the, the, the word "canonical" just means the song. Now it means more than a song. When it says the song, uh, the Song of Songs, it it, uh, it 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 that that's the title that should belong to the book. Instead of the Song of Solomon, it should be the Song of Songs. That's the first four words in the book, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon. Now, by Song of Songs, it's sort of like king of kings. Uh, Jesus, there are many kings, but Jesus is the king of all kings. It's sort of like, uh, uh, okay, uh, the wise man said in the vanity of vanities. There are many vanities, but uh, this was the vanity of, the, of all vanities. Or if you please, okay, uh, the holy of holies. There are many places that are holy and many things. There are holy in, things, holy in the tabernacle, but there was one little place that was called the Holy of Holies. You have you have Lord of Lords in the Bible, and you have Servant of Servants in the Bible. So, by the way, according to First Kings, I forget what chapter, I think it's chapter 4, down verse 31, 32, uh, it says that uh, Solomon wrote 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 songs. Now, this was the Song of Songs. Of all the songs that Solomon wrote, this, was the song so we're talking tonight about the song people often talk about somebody's okay um, let's say that uh, John Rice wrote many books but folks will just tell you the book that John Rice wrote was prayer asking and receiving that was his classic now this song is not a song of Solomon but the song of songs that Solomon wrote um, now, what was it about? Listen carefully, and I'll I'll tell you a different ideas. There are those that would say, and that I, I don't care if they said not, I'm saying right or wrong, but that this song of Solomon is a love exchange of expressions of love between Solomon and his wife, who was Pharaoh's daughter. There are others who would say that another wife of Solomon's, who was an uh, Israelite, woman, maybe I sure might. That, uh, that was the, it was a love that he had for that wife. Then there is, um, there are others who think that the Song of Solomon deals with the relationship that Christ has with his people. I hesitate to say that Christ has with his church, unless I leave you the thought that I believe in the universal church, which of course I do not, and it is God. And, uh, but, uh, uh but, but the usual, listen to me, the usual um, interpretation of this is what we call the shepherds, the shepherds' theory. and' what the shepherds' theory was, listen carefully. And by the way, you may or may not get this while you read it. If you study it very carefully, once you hear this story, then read the Song of Solomon, you might can pick out this. If you just read it, you will not pick this out, but this is the general opinion, uh, most popular of all the opinions of Song of Solomon, that there was a common Jewish girl. And by the way, she was a princess, P-R-I-N-C-E, the daughter of a prince. Uh, Not wealthy though. Something had happened that she became just a common girl, maybe a poor girl, and uh, she fell in love with and married a shepherd lad, just a common shepherd lad. That shepherd lad had to leave for a season. And while that shepherd lad left for a season, uh, she spoke of him constantly. In fact, while he was gone, she spoke of him so much that the young ladies in town said, "Why do you talk so much about your husband? This uh, your 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 husband lover, this young man that you married, that you love." And uh, uh, she said, "I love him." And they said. They said, "What's what's the what's the big deal about him?" And she begins to describe him, and uh, describe what a great guy he is. And then, while when, when she gets through, these other women, young women, they say, "Look, where, where is he that we may seek him with me? Uh, we want to see this guy too. For example, when his house described me, uh, others would want to see me also." Uh, I do not know what you're laughing at. It bothers me when I think you're laughing about something you shouldn't laugh at. But um if Miss Al describe me, she said my arms are like broomsticks. My my legs are like pieces of pipe and so forth. But anyway, uh she describes him. Then uh they say, What's what's the big deal about him? And she describes it and then they say, Uh, whither is it I better gone that we may seek him with thee? And then he returns to her, and they have happy marital bliss. But now something happened in the shepherd's theory. Something happened while, the, while the, her beloved was gone. Here's a young couple married. Are you listening? Young couple married. And uh, they're, uh, uh, all of a sudden he has to leave and go to the north area somewhere. And she him so much, he talks about it. Then something happened. King Solomon bear in mind King Shot, richest king of the east he saw her and he wanted her good night. he should have had her he only had 700 wives and 300 concubines poor guy was awesome and and as the farmer said he had 700 wives 300 combines but but uh, the uh, uh, he he wanted her and he went to her now bear in mind her husband's gone young husband's gone Solomon sees her in his beauty. He wants her in his harem, and he comes to her, and he woos her, tries to, but she will not respond. He said, I want to have you in my harem. She said, no, I'm in love with my shepherd, lad. He said, but look, I I, I think I know what he said. He said, you will have the finest luxury in the world. She said, don't want luxury, I want my shepherd, lad. But, uh, he said, I'll, I'll give you the best wardrobe in the entire land. She said, don't want wardrobe, want my shepherd land. He said, well, I'll, I'll give you gold and silver. She said, don't want gold and silver. Gold and silver can't buy the love of half my shepherd land. And this young lady withstands the, the, uh, wooing and the, the offers of King Solomon with all of the wealth that could be hers, all the fame that could be hers, because she wants her shepherd's land. Now listen carefully. There are those that believe that that is a type of us and Jesus Christ. Whether it's a type or not, it certainly is a beautiful picture of it. You and I have come to Christ. We trusted him as our Savior. He's gone away. While he's gone, we're to speak of him. It's our job to speak of him. In fact, if you will study very carefully the Song of Solomon, you'll find that people got disgusted with her because she spoke so much about him. And uh, we're supposed to do the same thing. Anybody ever get disgusted about you with you because you talk about Jesus too much? See, our our lover's gone. And uh, what the Scripture here is giving us an example, we're to talk about him. Now, wait a minute. We're to talk about him in such a way that people will want to know him. I'll look, if you would please, at chapter number um, uh 5 and verse number 6. I want you to see this little story here. Song of Solomon, chapter 5 and verse 6. I opened to my beloved, my beloved had withdrawn himself. Now, that's the Savior. And I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a type, but it's a, a reminder. Our Savior has withdrawn himself. He's gone back to heaven. And it said... And was gone, my soul failed when he spake, I sought him. But I could not find him, I called him, but he gave me no answer. Look at me. Our Savior's gone back to heaven, we're to beg and plead for his return. She longed for his return. Our job is to long for his return. I don't know when he's coming. It may be soon, it may not be soon, but I I like called and to long for his coming. John said, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Again, John said in the Revelation, we're to say, even so come, Lord Jesus. In what we call the Lord's Prayer, we're to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How long has it been since you asked the Savior to come back again? You get my age, you'll start asking Him to come back again. I'll tell you for sure, He's not to hurry. But I'm trying to tell you that, that, and while he's way we're supposed to speak about him. Ask the question, have you told anybody about Jesus lately? I ask the question, have you told anybody about Jesus lately? I ask you deacons the question, how long has it been since you told someone about Jesus? I ask the choir the question, not how long has it been since you sang about him, but told somebody personally about Jesus. I ask the, uh, uh, the Sunday school teachers and, and the officers of this church, how long has it been since you told somebody about Jesus? How long has it been? We'll talk about it. And then, look if you would, please, in verse number seven. The watchman that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. But well, she was such a fanatic of talking about her departed lover that she got persecuted. Anybody ever persecute you because you talk about Jesus so much? Anybody in your family ever criticize you because you witness the family, try to get them say it? Anybody at work get upset with you because you try to get them saved, you've also called you in, so you've got to put witness in the folks on the job. Huh? Now listen to me. I'm telling you, you're not right listen, look at it this way. You're not right with God if you're not talking about Jesus. You're not right with God if you're not telling folks about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of Kings is He. The Lord of Lord Supreme through all eternity, the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. So she talked about it. And it and, and was persecuted. Look at verse 8. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that you find my beloved, if you find my beloved, tell him I am sick of love. Now that doesn't mean she's sick of love in the sense that she's tired of loving him. She's lovesick. Did you know that much of the terminology we use comes from the Bible? Much of worldly heathen said, Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm lovesick. And it comes up in the Song of Solomon. It doesn't have no sense to know it. But she said, Tell him, I'm I'm sick, And then in verse 9, these daughters of Jerusalem ask the question, What is thy beloved more than thy beloved? O thou fairest among women. Well, they should, she shouldn't have asked that. She takes verse 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 to brag about it. I remember when Miss Colson first came to church here. Brother Colson was in Korea. And uh, she was a school teacher, at, uh, elementary school. In Hammond, I'd never seen the, the Colston at all. I'd been married not too long. Then she talked about him, and you, you, was I ever disappointed when I saw him? I mean, boy, you thought this guy's a combination of Clark Gable and Schwarzenegger and and uh, Albert Einstein? I see the combination of movie stars like Lassie and uh, people like that, but. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, that's the way she sees this guy. Uh, he, if, if I could have her walk up here and tell you about this man, and you looked at him, you'd think she'd been courting somebody else somewhere. But that's the way she sees him. And to be quite frankly, it got a bit disgusting. All she talks about, my good-looking husband, my good-looking husband, my good-looking husband. Uh, oh, what a hook. I'd say what a book. But, uh... What a hump. Uh, now, that's the way you ought to be about Jesus. do you sit with the house, uh, that'd be sort of fanatical. You're getting the idea. You're getting the idea. That's exactly right. One of my preacher friends, he's in heaven now, a million years ago, named Marshall Craig, pastor of a large church in Texas, went to, to India. He spent several hours with a guide there in India. And before long, this Indian guide said to Marshal Craig, have I told you about Buddha yet? No, Mohammed. I told you about Mohammed yet? No, Buddha. Which one's India? Uh, um, Martin Luther King, Jr., I forget <laughs> Buddha. And the preacher, Marshal Craig began to cry. And he asked him why he's crying. He said, I can't believe that you told me about Buddha before I told you about Jesus. Have you talked to your husband about Jesus if he's unsaved? Have you talked to your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your neighbor, folks that work with you, about Jesus? So she talked about it. Then in verse 1 of chapter 6, she convinced them. Whither is thy beloved gone, O thou fairest among women, whither is thy beloved turned aside, that we may seek him with thee? Now look at me. We have given the three different opinions about Song of Solomon. Some think it's the love conversation between Solomon and his wife, the daughter of Theriot. And some think it's the romance that he had with his wife, who was was an Israelite woman. And some think the shepherd's theory, which uh, I just told you a while ago, this young lady fell in love with this young man, they married, he was a shepherd lad, he went away. While he was gone, she talked about him all the time. Other, other ladies uh, said, what's so hot about him? She told him. They said, well, let's seek him with you. And in the meantime, Solomon the king came and uh, and tried to... And by the way, the, the, the king of the, the king of this earth, the world, the devil, he's going to offer you same thing, so I don't offer her. While we're waiting for Jesus to come, young people, young college people, the king of this, the God of this world, who's the old Lucifer himself, he's going to make you think... He's going to try to buy you off with popularity. He's going to try to buy you off with treasure. He's going to try to buy you off with money. He's going to try to buy you off with, with, with every kind of a thing under the sun. Now you do what want to right woman. You just tell the devil, are going back to hell. You're in love with Jesus, you see. You're in love with him. However, in all the things that I, all the commentaries you'll read about the Song of Solomon, Nobody ever says what I think the main purpose is. I think the main purpose, of the Song of Solomon, is to teach a wife how to treat her husband, and teach her husband how to treat his wife. I don't care if it's Pharaoh and, and and I'm sorry, uh, Solomon and Pharaoh's daughter, his wife. I don't care if it's Solomon and the Israelite woman who was his wife. I don't care if it's this Shunammite, uh, this uh, a young lady and her, and her shepherd lad husband. I don't care who it is. I think the main thing of the Song of Solomon is that God is trying to teach you men how to treat your wives and teach you wives how to treat your husbands. Let me give you a little sampling of it. We don't have time to go into it much tonight. Let me give you a little sampling of it. Look at verse 1. The Song of Songs which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Now look at me. And I'm not going to be Uh, funny right now. In the first place, husbands and wives ought to kiss each other. I'm talking about romantic kisses. I'm not talking about a little like you kiss your mother-in-law. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about uh, God is placing it here. And by the way, strange thing to me, Uh, some of you gals kissed him more before you got married than you do now. Uh, I'm trying to tell you that here's a here's a married couple. Listen to me now. Here's a married couple. I want to say, kiss each other. You ladies. Uh, what? Uh, what? Listen to me now. Let, 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 let's let's not make this a time of frivolity. Uh, you, you ladies, walk up to him and give him a big romantic kiss. Uh, men usually will do that more than women, and that's, that, that's good. I mean, it's okay. Men, you ought to kiss your wife. And wife, you ought to kiss your husband. And I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about romantic kisses. I'm talking about kind of make Hollywood look frigid. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about real, honest to goodness, romantic embraces and kisses. You know what I'm talking about. I I, I demonstrated it to you. Exactly. Now here is a little book that I think primarily is written to teach your husband and wife how to behave with each other. Now I don't think that just one party ought to do all the the aggression. I think that there are times I mean regularly I'm talking about several times a day. He's, I haven't got time, take time. Keeping your marriage right is more important than keeping your kitchen clean. And, uh, so I'm saying that, that here is a couple. And, and it says here, let me kiss him with the kisses of his mouth. Now the next thing. For thy love is better than wine. Secondly, listen carefully, let him feel like you enjoy his love. Let him feel, we're talking to the ladies now, let him know that you enjoy his love. She said, she said thy love is better than wine. Now, wine in the Bible is not fermented. It's just the fruit of the vine. But wine is a symbol in the Bible of the of, of the best things of life. When you mention about wine, it, it means a delicacies. Like we would compare all cars, sometimes say, "Boy, uh, the, the, I, the uh, uh, our college is the Cadillac of Christian colleges." In other words, uh, uh, the Bible says that she said, "Thy love is better than wine." She said, uh, "I I I I'm so pleased that you love me." Now, ladies, let your husband know that you appreciate his love. And that you're glad that he loves you. And that he knows how much you treasure his love. Now, you say, Brother Hiles, I, I, I just am real, not, I'm not real affectionate. Now, force it. If you love him, make yourself tell him. And if you really are glad he loves you, you may be awkward for a while, but, but you, you it, it, it'll become natural to you after a while. So, let him know the, the, this couple. Now they kissed each other romantically, and then she let him know that she appreciated his love. Look at verse number three. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Number three, love his name. Love his name. Hey, it's not time to go yet. Love his name. His name is Bill. Love that name. We, we, we sing, the name of Jesus is so sweet. And, uh, uh, so, love his name. And, and, listen to me now. It says, thy name is as the ointment poured forth. And there's so much in here that you never notice if you don't read it carefully. Therefore do the virgins love thee. Look at me. The scripture here, the virgins means unmarried ladies. Not talking about sexual promiscuity or not. Talking about unmarried ladies. She said, you know, the unmarried ladies like you. So what am I going to say? I'm saying, tell him how attractive he is. Tell him. Well, you say he's not very attractive. You thought, you did, you thought when you married him. And he's twice what he was then. Now, no, now look ladies. It starts off with you here, and I'm going to get to, after a while our our studies to how how men should treat their wives. But but this is for you right now. Come out of your shell. Hear me now. Come out of your shell. Just come out and tell him, Hey, handsome. Hey, good looking. Hey, you 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 sure are good. Miss House thinks I'm good looking. With all with what hair I got, it's all turned white. Well you call me I'm Silver. I'm a silver fox. Yeah. You call me that and I'll I'll beat the stuffings on of you. But is that a bad thing? I say something bad. Did I say something, something vulgar? I don't watch television like you do. I may have said something wrong. Now, I'm not going Miss Colson thinks Danny Colson's good looking. Now, she can think he's good looking. You can think your husband's good looking. I mean, Cindy thinks Jack Scott's good looking. He's so skinny. He buys a striped tie and wears a sweater. Keith McKinney buys an extra large sweater, wears it for a tie.
1: Everybody
0: can't be just right like I am. But but ladies, come out of it. Come come out of your What When well, you say my mom and dad never said, I love you, and they never expressed their love, well, okay, that, that's no excuse. None whatsoever. If your daddy, my dad was an alcoholic, am I supposed to drink alcohol? If your dad was, uh, was used God's name in vain, are you supposed to curse. And you put it in that, ladies, come out of your shell. First thing is this: kiss each other. And he's talking. This is talking now about the ladies' treatment. Kiss him. Number one, let him feel you enjoy his love. Number three, lo- love his name. Number four, tell him how attractive he is. Uh, we're coming out while ago the teachers' meeting and and uh, Brother Eddie's wife and, and uh, Brother Ray Young's wife and Chuck Lewis's wife, they're our girls, grew up in our church. and I, I, That I have known them. And they came up and said a few words and cut up with the old teacher He was house sitting out there. I walked by and she said, could with the pretty girls. Now, I, I don't know what I was going to say. But, It, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt you to be a little jealous. Uh, it, it, I'm saying, come out of your shed. Wives, come out of your shed. Let your husband know how much you appreciate his love. And especially those of you that feel real, real secure in your marriage and don't think anything could ever happen to it. So, so number one, kiss him. Two, let him feel you enjoy his love. Three, love his name. Four. Tell him how attractive he is and how the other, other, other single ladies uh, think he's attractive. Now look at verse number four again, please. Draw me. We will run after them.
1: Alright, I have
0: written down here. Follow his leadership. Follow his leadership. He has a suggestion of something. Uh, don't, don't pour cold water on him. If he tells you you're going to go to a formal place and you wear an evening gown and you go to McDonald's and sit on a stool, go to McDonald's and sit on the stool. And say, boy, this is a clever idea. First date I ever had was formal. It was a senior banquet at junior high school. I had to have it because I was president of the class and I had to have it with the secretary of the class. And uh, I uh, we went to the... Drugstore and sat on his little stools, go around and around, and drank a milkshake, and she was in an evening gown. If, if, in fact, uh, listen, if you wear a size 4, he buys you a size 22 dress. Wear it. Gain weight. Follow his leadership. Follow him. Uh, take his suggestions. Don't criticize his suggestions. Oh, we've been there too much. Don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, you, you make him think that he's the best planner in the whole wide world. And if he buys you a, a perfume and he buys a cork that costs a dollar, tell him that's your favorite perfume. Um, so, follow his leadership. I'm talking to ladies here. Kiss each other. Let him feel you enjoy his love. Love his name. Tell him how attractive he is, how attractive others think he is. Follow his leadership. Verse number four again. Draw me. We will run after thee, O king. The, the king hath brought me into his chambers. Get this now. We will be glad and rejoicing. We will remember thy love more than wine. Savor his love. Think about it. Remember, he loves you. Get you a little flower and go, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves. He loves, not. He loves we did that on vacation. his House got a little flower, and it came out, loves me not. She wouldn't speak to me the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I and
0: mean, She believed that stupid flower. But <laughs> savor his love. I have in my book on, um, uh, uh, Ruth and the Lace, like I have a statement. Happy is the man who is a friend. Happier is the man who has, who has, a- no, happy is the man who has a friend. Happier is the man who is a friend. Happiest is the man who has a friend. That is a friend. If somebody, if she, if he loves you, savor it. He loves me. he lo- think about it. The, the, the lady said, I will remember thy love. I said again, ladies, come out of your shells. I, I counsel with ladies all the time. And their husbands and folks at marital problems. So much of it is, there's a void or a vacuum left that somebody else is going to fill if you don't. Uh, not necessarily going to, but it but it, it could happen that way. And, uh, come out of your shell. Uh, do what this, the writer says. Kiss him. Let him feel you enjoy his love. Love his name. Tell him how attractive he is, and how attractive others think he is. Follow his leadership. Savor his love. I love this last last part, verse four again. Look at it. Draw me. We will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. I like this. The upright love thee. Look at me. Brag on his character. Brag on his character. She said, decent people love you. Honest people love you. Just people love you.
1: She said,
0: the upright people, the upright love thee. You know, men love for you to admire their performances. If your husband... Uh, if your husband, listen, listen, if your husband, please do not be unkind, unwise now. If your husband does something that's kind and gracious, uh, pray for him. Let him know how much you appreciate his honesty.
1: Um, I, I say this, but I, I'm a
0: generous tipper. Uh, if, if, if our bill is ten dollars, I've been known to give a quarter. But this house is always careful, often careful to tell me she appreciates the fact that I'm generous to, to waitresses and waiters. Uh, if, if your husband's honest, if he's taken a stand for right, let him know you appreciate it. If he's fought a battle for decency, let him know you appreciate it. If he's courageous, I don't mean courageous to get in a fight. I mean courageous to take a stand. Let him know you appreciate it. Hey, here here's a couple. I think God picked out this little this little poor gal and this little shepherd lad and their marriage. I think God let us know how they behave and we look through the lattice and the windows of their house and see how they behave, so that we likewise may have marriages like was theirs. So the first thing that we, said, we have here. Kiss him. There it is. Let him feel you enjoy his love. Love his name. Tell him how attractive he is and how others think he's attractive. Follow his leadership. Savor his love. Think about it. Savor it. And then brag on his character. Now look at verse number. This this turns to something about the lady. Now look at verse number five. I am black. But comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Look, she said, I've been out in the sun a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm black with the sun. Acts said in verse verse six, Look not upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. I look at me. Overlook each other's faults. How foolish this man would have be been to come in and say, You've been out in the sun too much. Boy, you, I like you better when you're hair, complexion. Um, uh, overlook. Don't, don't be telling each other their your faults. Oh, and I'm not talking about kidding and cutting up in this house, and I do that all the time. I, mean, you, you, I told you, I, and she was sick several weeks ago, and she was. She's was out several weeks without the surgery. I called her the backslider. I called her one day after Sunday school, and I said, "Is the backslider home?" She said, "Yes, but he's out right now." Uh, I'm not, but that's 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 okay. No, nothing wrong with that because uh, that, that that's fine. She has a Southern accent. Uh, she doesn't say, "I've been, I've been sick." She says, "I've been sick." I've been sick, uh, and, and I, I kid her about that an awful lot. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about. You should never let your wife or your husband think that you're you're disappointed in any particular physical attribute. If if your wife is a little overweight, explain to her that you like heavy women. Look, a good lie has saved many a marriage. Folks.
1: Uh,
0: but but overlook each other's faults. Um, all of us have them. But don't pick them out. And don't talk about them. She said, I'm black because the sun. Look at verse 6. Look not upon me because I'm black, because the sun has looked on me. I get this. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me keep her of the vineyards. Look at me. Ladies, work hard.
1: Keep your house clean.
0: Listen to me. Keep your house clean. Cook decent meals. Now I'm not talking about you ladies have to work to help make the living. If that's the case, then if 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 you if if your wife works so she can help pay the bills, then you ought to clean the house with her. And you ought to share the cooking with her. For her to work all day and come home and work all night while you plop down and watch the television set, you're just as sorry as you can be. I'm talking about the normal situation when the woman is at home, uh, watch the soap opera during the millennium when I'm in charge of producing it. But don't watch them now. Work hard. And then check sometime over in, in Proverbs 31 and, and read about that lady and how how industrious she was and how, how hard she worked. Uh, God is, is taking an ideal little married couple here and letting us look inside the windows through the work of their houses to show us what we ought to be like. And I've given you several things. Kiss him romantically. Let him feel that you enjoy his love and, and treasure it. Love his name. Tell him how attractive he is and how attractive others must think he is. Follow his leadership. Save for his love. Brag on his character. Overlook each other's faults. Work hard. The last one, verse seven. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest. Look at me. Eat together. She said, Tell me where you're feeding. I want to I want to eat with you. Uh eat together. Look at me, young couples. Fifteen minutes earlier, getting up in the morning, could give you a wonderful, wonderful time with each other. Sit down at the table and eat breakfast together. Our, our home lives are a sham, and one reason is. Now we're driving down in the other Boulevard. Another thing. We came by, uh, 45th Street. Restaurant, after restaurant, after restaurant, at Buffet, and then Burger King, and then a Mexican restaurant, a Cross Street McDonald's, and then well, we counted seven one time in a row. Nobody eats at home anymore. Now, if you do eat out, go out and eat together. Sit across from each other and eat together. Our Lord knew that if we ate something, we'd come near remembering Him. He said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This cup is the new testament and blood which is shed for you. We come here once a month and we eat a little piece of bread and drink a little juice. Our Lord knew there was something about eating together, a cup together, That draws us closer to each other and closer to Him. Eat together. Now, I'm going to go into this a lot more than this, and I'm going to give you dozens and dozens of things that this couple did. Now, what I want to do, I want you to make this couple your ideal couple. I want you to make this couple your role model for a marriage. Now, now you look at me. You... All of this we've talked about basically deals with courtesy and kindness. Ask a question. Are you friendlier to your wife than the ladies where you work? Is your good morning as kind and courteous at home as it is on the job? If you leave your wife and as you walk down the street or walk get in your car, you see the lady next door and she's she's walking by. Were you as courteous to your wife a while ago as you are to the lady next door now? There's not one single thing that, that, that couldn't that, that would be wrong with our marriages if it, if we just get courtesy, kindness, and manners. Excuse me. Those are words you can use inside the house without going to court over it. Thank you. You're welcome. Pardon me. Stop there. Those things uh in in your marriage. Um, I've given you tonight
1: eight
0: things in seven verses that husbands and wives and the night and basically the wife because there's conversation to the wife by the wife and by the husband and it'll, it'll go to and fro. I hope somehow that, that, that I can help you husbands and wives to become friends again. That's basically what it is. Become friends again. I trust that message was an encouragement to you and your family. Hope for the Home is designed to provide information, encouragement, and challenge that our homes would be more pleasing to God. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming messages.